Happy Baptism of Our Lord Day. Here we are, the second Sunday of January, being splashed with the waters of baptism. Last week, we visited toddler Jesus with the Magi in the Gospel of Matthew, and this week, we are back with Luke, feeling the mist of the baptism waters as Jesus springs up from the Jordan River. The Gospel of Luke moves us from Jesus' birth, a brief story about his boyhood, and now he's a grown man on the bank of the Jordan River. I love how Tish Warren Harrison, an Anglican priest, brought to my attention the ordinariness of Jesus. Because we move so quickly from Jesus as a little boy and the temple to his baptism, we can only imagine that he is one in a crowd, squinting in the sun, sand gritty between his toes. The one who is worthy of worship, glory, and fanfare spent decades in obscurity and ordinariness. The incarnate God spent his days quietly, a man who went to work, got sleepy, lived a pedestrian life among average people, people like you and me. And just like us, Jesus emerges from water, drenched and messy-haired. I was wet and messy-haired in the fifth grade at a Baptist church just across the river. I remember that it was at the Sunday evening worship service, and I remember one of the nice little old ladies helping me in the back to put on my white robe and lining me up with all the others who were going to be baptized. She is the one who gave me the cue to go up the stairs when it was my turn to walk down into that baptismal font. The water was the perfect temperature. I'll never forget it. It was so warm, just right. I felt like I could have stayed in there all day. My little white robe was billowing all around me as I looked up at my pastor and answered the questions about knowing that I was a sinner and that I wanted to be baptized. I plunged, I, well, I knew that I was a sinner and wanted to be washed clean. I plugged my nose and crossed my hands in front of me as I was ducked down like this to the baptism of waters in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. After church, all the baptized lined up in front of the church so that everybody could come by and congratulate you and give you a big hug. I was thrilled that now I could drink the grape juice out of the one little clear plastic cups and eat that tiny little cracker. The truth is, I didn't know much about what I was doing when I was baptized. I didn't know about the theology that surrounded baptism. I wasn't even aware that different churches did it different ways. All I knew was that I wanted Jesus in my heart, and I wanted to be washed clean of my sinful ways. 
Even though my fifth grade self did not know or really even care about the the theology or the doctrinal issues surrounding baptism, what I came to know and understand is that when I was plunged into that warm water that day in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I was marked as Christ's own forever. And as I read the gospel text for today, I noticed how little we know about the day of Jesus's baptism. All we get is really one verse. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized, all and was praying, the heaven was opened. But the 21 words that we hear in that sentence are huge. With very few words, Luke moves us from the end of John's preaching mission to Jesus's public ministry. Put yourself right there on the bank of the Jordan River as we watch the beginning of Jesus's public ministry unfold. It's as if we can see it right in front of us, the pivot from John to Jesus. The people are questioning John, wondering if he is the Christ. And John quickly tells him, no siree, it's not me. Someone more powerful than me is coming. Someone who is empowered by the Holy Spirit. John baptizes them with water, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of their sins. Now just imagine... All these people lined up on the bank of the Jordan River. Sunny sky overhead. They have taken off their sandals. The sand is gritty under their feet. They left them on the bank as they enter that murky water of the Jordan River. They walk to John one by one to be dipped into the waters of repentance. They wanted to be washed clean of their sins. They were hungry for change, and it all began with their baptism. They were broken sinners, sinners like us, sinners who did not treat each other with dignity and respect, sinners who did not resist evil, sinners who did not strive for justice and peace among all people. The people who were lined up that day They were like you and they were like me. Sure, they dressed a little bit differently and they lived a little bit differently without electricity. But the reality is they were humans who sinned against God and against each other. And there, amongst the people lined up for baptism, stood Jesus. Why? Jesus wasn't a sinner. He was perfect. He never sinned a day in his life. Why in the world would Jesus need to get baptized? For a long time, I thought it had to do with that he was doing it for as an example for us. As if he was saying, look world, I was baptized and that means you should get baptized too. And perhaps that was part of it. But when we really dig in and see Jesus lined up, With all those people, we can see it clear as day. Can you picture it? All the people standing around and they say together, 
we present Jesus for the sacrament of baptism. John looks at Jesus and says, do you desire to be baptized? Jesus says, I do. Now that's me like plugging our liturgy into that day, but it's a good way to picture how Jesus was there with all of those people. You see, Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He was not a sinner. Jesus chose to be baptized as an act of solidarity with the nation and a world of sinners. Jesus got in line with everyone who had been broken by the wear and tear of the world where they lived and had all but given up on God and each other. When the line of the downtrodden and the sin-sick broken people formed in hopes of new beginnings through a return to God, Jesus was there. Jesus joined them. Jesus joined them. He came alongside of them to say, take me off the perfect list. I want to be with you, washed with you, because I am going to redeem you. In his baptism, baptism, he is identifying with us. He identifies with the damaged and the broken people who needed God, who needed him. That includes us. Jesus' act of standing with the people, getting baptized alongside them, made me ask myself the question, how are we doing as a church as followers of Christ, coming alongside others to be with them and their brokenness. The reality is we all got something. And so often, people who encounter hard times, they're the ones who drop out of church. They seek help from other caregivers or other things. And then when and if they come back, It may be only after they feel that they can be recertified as respectable, church-going people. Here's the thing. When we baptize anyone, young or old, in our church, the celebrant always asks the question, Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons and their life in Christ? And usually with the resounding, what do we say? We will. And usually it's loud and it's wonderful. But I wonder, do we? Do we support those people? Do we even support Jesus? When Jesus enters those murky, rough waters of sin and repentance, he did that for us. He entered those waters and made them clean for us. He did it so that when we are splashed or dunked or sprinkled with water, we enter the water of righteousness. And one more thing. Luke doesn't have Jesus say a single word out loud at baptism. Not a peep. But you know what he does? He prays. Jesus comes to us as sinners, he gets in the water with us, and he prays. 
And when he prays, the skies open up. The Holy Spirit comes down and descends on him and hovers like a dove. And then God says, you, my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. This beautiful image of Jesus being with us and praying, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove and God speaking to Jesus, that's for us. It's what God is all about, revealing his loving ways by coming alongside us to redeem us. He calls us his own and tells us, that we are his beloved. You are God's beloved. On that day that Jesus was baptized, we see how baptism draws us into a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three are revealed in a mighty day, way on that sunny day. Jesus, with his wet messy hair, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, and God speaking from heaven. And the most beautiful thing of all is that we are drawn into relationship through the waters of baptism. Praise be to God that in the water of baptism, we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share his resurrection. Through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Even though Luke uses very few words to share with us the baptism of our Lord, it's those words that can lead us to a deep wellspring of joy in our own ministries. We all have a ministry. Through Jesus, we can identify with all people while we depend on God through the power of prayer for the strength to live and to love. And if you haven't heard it lately, God is saying to you this morning, friends, you are my beloved with whom I am well pleased. Amen.